AFL Bites Finals Edition is here. Can you believe it? Welcome back. If you're new here, this is the podcast where we try and recap the AFL in under five minutes, trying to tell you everything you need to know about the games. Let's get into it. Thursday night football at the MCG was Collingwood versus Melbourne. An interesting first quarter, as we probably all know, Brayshaw was knocked out in an incident with Braden Maynard. Probably one of the most discussed and controversial incidents to come in a final series. Penned in action uh, on Tuesday night when he gets sent straight to the tribunal. Collingwood got off to a hot start with Bobby Hill kicking the first two goals of the game and he looked very sharp. It was an interesting game to watch. I thought it was a bit slippery, so Collingwood couldn't really get their exciting running game going, although they did have patches of moving the ball quickly. Josh Dacos was a bit unsighted. I thought Melbourne really dominated most of the inside 50s, but just couldn't convert. Collingwood's defence was strong though. Quaino and Moore showed some good signs. And I thought Jack Crisp looked good with Collingwood. He finished on 23 disposals, which was the highest for them. And he seemed to be quite efficient with his kicking as well. As expected for Melbourne, the big trio stood up with Oliver, Gorn and Petrarca dominating. Petrarca and Gorn I thought were really good and Oliver tackled well. Oliver led the game at 31 disposals, Petrarca had 29 and Gorn had 27 disposals, 10 clearances and 166 supercoach. He was marking everything. Although in saying that, I thought Mason Cox was actually okay in the ruck battle. Van Royen planted a high elbow on McStay. It didn't attract a lot of crowd attention at the time, but in slow-mo it looked bad. He will cop a one-week suspension. In the final quarter, the Ds were coming home strong. They banged the ball inside 50 over and over, but just could not convert when it mattered. Whilst they got it within seven points and an exciting finish, the Pies hold on and get the job done in the prelim they are. Low disposals for this game. Chris only finished on 23, which is the highest for Collingwood. Sidebottom had 22. And Pendlebury, I noticed, was pretty quiet all game. He had 70% game time and only finished on 15 disposals and really only came alive in the last quarter with no tag on me neither. So I think next weekend, uh, ne- not next week, the next game he plays, he should come alive. Bobby Hill finished on two goals and Pickett, whilst he had moments for Melbourne, he only finished on one goal, three behinds. Let's move over to Friday night. It is the battle between Blues and Swans. The Blues ultimately getting up 74 to 68. The Blues came out to play the right footy from the get-go, which was fantastic to see if you're a Blues supporter. It looked like the finals didn't really rattle them. Doherty kicked the first goal of the game in style, and the noise and energy was electric. But I thought Cottrell started really well for the Blues, and he finished well. He was just there in the right moments. He was like the X-Factor. He had 17 touches and two goals. He laid some good tackles and had some very good moments. For Sydney, it looked like it was the Errol Goulden show keeping them in the game. He had 23 disposals. When the Swans looked like they were under constant pressure, Goulden's kicking was elite. He did some nice switches across the ground that I noticed, and he looked like the only composed one out there, maybe next to Jake Lloyd as well. Gordon finished on 130, su- 130 supercoach, that is. Hayden McLean was good up front for the Swans. Every time the Blues looked like they were about to blow out the game, the Swans showed a bit of fight. The final quarter is where it got really interesting, if, for those of you who are watching this game. The Blues went into their shell a little bit, and the Swans generated goals through Parker, McLean, and McDonald. They brought the game to six points within the final minutes. Could a draw be on the cards? No, Carlton, hold on. Akers was big in the last quarter. Well, all game. He finished on 26 touches, had a pivotal goal, and I also noticed he ran back in defence and spoiled the ball a few times. Harry Mackay was in a head clash with McCartan, which left him looking dazed. He might miss next week. While Jack Martin was cited for a fist to Blakey's jaw in quarter one, which will be a nervous wait for Blues fans. Ultimately, Carlton get it done as the better team. But an extra five minutes in this game would have been interesting. Well done, Carlton, nonetheless. Over to Saturday at the MCG, 3.10pm. The Giants are still riding the orange tsunami wave, winning 101-77 against St Kilda. There was a bit of rain right before the match. I was at the ground. It was a bit slippery. I wasn't on the ground, but I noticed it was slippery. The Saints were a fumbly mess. They started well, though, when Shaman slotted the first goal. 
but the Giants responded really quickly with a Toby Green goal. All game, I noticed it was incredible how the Giants were the first to every ground ball and dominated with their pace and spread on the turnover. Honestly, it looked like every time St Kilda bombed it forward, the Giants responded. Hogan and Riccardi looked strong up front, and Toby Bedford, he had two goals and was super strong for the Giants as well. Whilst Tom Green dominated the midfield with 35 touches, Josh Kelly was really the noticeable difference. He had 27 touches and two goals, one amazing one from the boundary, and we had to tag him in the second half. The Saints found themselves down, what was it, almost 57-17 to 17 at one point, I believe, but they did have moments where they rallied back. Max King was beaten by Taylor, but did finish on three goals. Brad Hill was a workhorse for the Saints. He had 29 disposals and two goals. The Saints brought it back to a three-goal deficit in the last quarter, but the Giants, as they did throughout the game, always had the answer. Honestly, as soon as the Saints looked like they were coming back, the Giants responded and silenced the Saints crowd. The Saints were certainly far off their best footy. Jack Steele had 38 touches and worked hard. Brad Crouch couldn't get into the game. Roman Marshall, as a Ruckman, had 31 touches, which is pretty good for a Ruckman, but Kieran Briggs, as a Giants, Ruckman actually did really well in the contest. Jack Sinclair was far from his best game. He had 25 disposals, but wasn't his usual self in the wet conditions. And Callum Wilkie, whilst he kept Toby Green to one goal, he just wasn't really his good game as well. He only had 10 disposals and didn't really have his usual impact. Same with Dan Butler and Higgins. They just couldn't get into the game. Although the shining light for Saints was Cooper Sharman, who probably played one of his best games for us. He kicked two goals and had 16 touches. Moving over to the final game of the finals for week one. It was the Gabba on Saturday night. Brisbane, who haven't lost a game here all year, continued their streak, winning 123-75 against the Power. 48-point win. Wow. The Lions got off to a hot start with a Zach Bailey goal and it looked like they could run away with the game. But to Port's credit, they held on. Ollie Lord was a surprise, keeping them in it with two big goals on the run. He actually finished the game on four. Great signs for next week. Cam Rayner will get close to best on ground with his performance. He had three goals, 16 touches, and 114 super coach. He was super efficient. Joe Danaher had five goals for the games. And Jasper Fletcher, look at this, first finals, he had 16 touches and three goals. For the power, Willem Drew did a decent job on Lockie Neal. He kept him to 19 touches. And no surprise, Butters and Rosie led the game with 29 and 28 disposals. The same probably can't be said about Ollie Wines. He only had 14 touches and went a bit missing. And sadly, Dylan Williams, a defender for Port, had an iced hamstring in quarter three. So Port will have some defensive problems next week. I wonder if Darcy Byrne-Jones, who was subbed out, moves into the back line next week. That brings us to the end of AFL Bites. Oh my gosh, we only had four games and I still went overtime, but it was finals footy. We had to get through all of that. We can't wait for the matches next week. It'd be interesting to see Carlton versus Melbourne and Port versus Giants. Honestly, the Giants looked really good against the Saints, so I wonder if they can bring that against the Power, who did get the better of them not so long ago. And Carlton Melbourne, that is going to be a sellout game. I cannot wait to watch that and report on that next week. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for Footy Life for always showing our podcast. We can't wait to see you next week on AFL Bites.